speak tonight on this subject what a prayer meeting what a prayer meeting they they had a prayer meeting i tell you what in the here in acts chapter 12 though we start off with a tragedy and that's usually unfortunately whenever we really hit our knees i was describing that to some earlier i love that background that's making me a little colder just looking at that and uh, just look at that background, you'll feel a little bit chillier. But uh, like the whether it be the weather or health or some other tragedy, and a hurricane hitting somewhere, uh, uh, just a car wreck, some catastrophe, sometimes we are driven to our knees. We are driven to our knees by life. And life happens. It happens to everybody it doesn't matter how long you've been saved from Genesis to Revelation. There are people that were Job and David and other people. Daniel, the three Hebrew children, even Jesus himself, whenever he was being, he was feeling the weight of your sins. Even in the garden of Gethsemane, he was under the pressure of the world. Satan was after him. Satan was trying to get him to mess up. Satan wanted him uh, through, through the first temptation all the way to Judas. The Bible says Satan entered into Judas. So even Jesus felt the pressure to be, to be driven to his knees. Uh, matter of fact, thank the Lord, the Bible says Jesus has experienced every temptation that you have felt, every pressure that you felt yet without sin, the Bible says in uh, Hebrews 4, chapter 4. And it says that, and thank the Lord, He would have been our Savior if He had messed up. You say, well, it's not possible that Jesus could have sinned 
Well, then, if there was no possibility, there was no temptation. So I'm just going to take the Bible at its word and say Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. And so we've got to realize that some things drive us to our knees. The key scripture is Acts chapter 12 and verse 5. We'll read that at this time. Acts chapter 12 and verse 5. Peter was therefore kept, or therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. Now that is a powerful prayer life. That's, I mean, that's a church that's having a prayer meeting. That's a church because of pressures that are going to experience revival. But this tragedy was what? The tragedy is that one of, they had several pastors, uh, in the church at Jerusalem, and most Bible students think that James was the main guy. He was the main head pastor. He was the brother of John, uh, the one who was eventually exiled to the Isle of Patmos, wrote the book of Revelation, and he's the very first one, besides Judas who took his own life, the very first apostle to lose his life. Look at verse, I'm back up to verse 1. Still going to say here in Acts 12. At that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it please the Jews, he also nabbed Peter. He's going to get him. Verse 4. And when they had apprehended him, they put him in prison, delivered him, to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. He's next. He's going to have the sword laid to his neck. And I can just imagine one day, matter of fact, you know, I've read a lot of church history. I've read of people being impaled. That means having a pole shoved through your entire body till it comes out your neck. Uh, and lining the streets with Christians. You've heard of people being thrown in the lion's den. You've heard of Christians being beheaded. And we think, oh, that was the dark ages. We just saw that on the news the other day. The Egyptian Christians lined up with black-hooded, radical Islamic Muslims standing behind them. And their Bible says to kill the infidel. And that means the unbeliever. And they did. Those things we used to think only happened in the Middle Ages happened just the other day. It happened this year in 2015. And so it's, it's real. Even in today, um, I was, uh, so sometimes we get a lot of pressure. Look at what I call, so they're praying, they're praying. It's really all about prayer. I love verse five, back to our text, but prayer was made without ceasing. I don't think we've ever done this before, but I know of some churches that have done it. They've got a 24-hour prayer time. Sometimes churches do this for revival. They'll have a sign-up list, and what you do is you find a time, and you the smallest increment of time you can pick is 30 minutes. And the church would pray for 24 hours or 48 hours for revival. So somebody was up here at the church praying at all times, and you would sign up. Imagine signing up. Well, I'll take the 2.30 a.m. slot. Imagine, 
oh man, I got to get up and go to the church and pray at 2.30 a.m. And uh, But sometimes they would pray in groups. They'd have two or three or four that would go up there, and whether it be the 2.30 a.m. slot. But that would be a neat thing, I think, if we could just have 24 hours of prayer. Somebody's praying here at church 24 hours straight. According to my Bible, and I kind of believe it, it says that their prayer was made without ceasing. I think a prayer was made without ceasing there in verse 5. And so what I call just skipping quickly uh, to verse 10 is what I call the escape. And so this angel came down. He's letting Peter out, and they're getting they're getting out. And then in verse ten it says, "Angels taken he taken Peter." And when they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth to the city, which is pretty cool. The iron gate just kind of like uh, when you go into Jade's. I remember when I was a kid and I saw my very first automatic door, and it freaked me out. I don't know if y'all remember y'all's very first automatic door. I'm like, wait a second, how did it know? How did it know I was coming? And I backed up and did it again. Oh yeah, this is cool. It doesn't take much. I don't remember how old I was. It doesn't take much to entertain this country boy. Automatic door time. I'm back and forth. Mom said, get over here. Leave that automatic door alone. Well, the very first automatic door is right there. Verse 10. And uh, so he passed on through and he got on out. So there's a escape. And then, verse 11, Peter was coming to himself. He said, by the, by the way, he's kind of walking around in, a, in, a, in a, a daze, if you will. And he said, man, the Lord did all this. This is not a dream. Verse 12, and he considered the thing. He's going to the house of Mary. Verse 13, Peter starts knocking at the door. Rhoda goes to answer the door. Verse 14, she knew Peter's voice. She opened not the gate. <laughs> Because uh, she, man, she was gladness ran in and said, and she heard the knocking. Hey, it's Peter. Let me in. Woo! It's Peter. Woo! It's Peter. Hey, y'all, Peter's at the door. Did you unlock it? No. Oh, I got to unlock it. Okay. And she runs back and they unlock the door, and sure enough, it's Peter. And matter of fact, notice this as you look at this, and uh, she's he keeps knocking in in verse sixteen. And, um, and at the end of verse 16, they were astonished. What We don't need to be surprised whenever, uh, and I'm, I'm breaking my eight-minute rule I told the class, so forget that rule. And uh, the, I told them I was going to preach short, but I'm going to give you the full meal deal tonight. And, uh, but, you know, they were surprised that the, they had, their prayer was actually answered. That kind of reminds me of the story. And I, I love it. I've told it here before, but I love the story, you know, about the church somewhere in Texas. And they they had a new law came into town and the church, uh, somebody built a bar real close, just beyond the legal limit to the church there in Texas. And they, they got on their knees, started praying, and lightning struck the bar and it burned it down. And uh, the bar owner knew that the church had been praying, so they sued the church for what happened and they took them to court and said and and the church said we didn't do it and the bar said yeah, you did you prayed that god would do it and, and they said no we had nothing to do with it the you know and the judge said well this is weird because i got a bar owner that believes in the power of prayer and a church that doesn't <laughs> you know so 
bar owner believed that power of prayer worked. They actually, they did it. It's their fault. We shouldn't be astonished. This morning I was sending a, uh, a Facebook message to Joel and I had sent him one. He's in Israel right now taking Hebrew classes at uh, Ramallah. And uh, I believe it's the right city. Anyway, whichever city it is, he's taking these Hebrew classes. And I sent him a note. And I noticed last week he never answered my note. And I said, hey, just checking on you. Hope things are going well. Da, 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 da. Uh, praying everything go well. He never did answer. And I sent it to him again this morning. Caught him online. He sent word back. He said, Brother Michael... Send up some more popcorn stuff for us. Going good. And he said something. He started quoting the Star-Spangled Banner about uh, rockets, red glare, bombs bursting in air. I don't think anything going on over there. But uh, he said that. He's quoting the Star-Spangled Banner. But I said, I said, popcorn's popping. Okay? And if you a guest here, that's a famous saying of mine. I believe in popcorn prayer. That's those... Three-second prayers, you pray all day long. Thank you, Lord, for that help. Thank you for helping me through this. And so I told him, and he knows that, so that's why he used that uh, uh, term. And so I said, popcorn's popping. And that just means I'm praying for you, brother. And uh, so that's code, and he knew what code to use. So I don't, I don't know who's looking at his Facebook account, but somebody might. But so the, they were, it says right there in my Bible and your Bible, right there, what does it say? They were, ah, I can't believe it worked. <laughs> it worked. The Lord actually delivered Peter and sent him over here. Well, lastly, in closing, about to have a hymn invitation, is uh, if you want your prayer life to reach a whole new level, what, were the, what was this church praying for? Peter's release. They prayed specifically. If you want unspecific answers to your prayer life, then pray unspecifically. Just pray in general. Lord, help people. Lord, thank you for blessing my life. If you want specific answers to your prayer, you're going to have to pray specifically. You can't pray in general terms. You got to pray specifically. And I, you know, and there's two things I like in this old world, and that's, uh, <clears throat> you know, we need to pray like I like my coffee. Pray bold. Pray strong. The Lord will hear your prayer. He'll answer your prayer. We need bold Christians to stand up and pray specifically to God and say, God. This is my prayer. And by the way, whenever it gets answered, whenever the Lord answers your prayer, you won't wonder if He did it. Because if you pray specific enough, you will know when He does. Brother Norman, as we get ready for a song, our musicians, let's bow for a word of prayer. Father, I thank You for this wonderful example of prayer in your word. And Father, I ask that you would help our church to be bold and be strong in our prayer life. Because if there's anything that we need more of, it's bold and strong prayers. Prayers that would go to your throne. Prayers that would be heard 
repeatedly prayers of faith, prayers from a church desperate. Dear Lord, may it not take a tragedy before we hit our knees. May we be willing to hit our knees all the time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.